Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. The Greenhouse Show on KSL News Radio. Good morning. Thank you for joining us for the KSL Greenhouse. Maria Shalaos, Tom Bettis with you. We are taking your calls at 801 575 8255. You can also text us at 57500. Nika is on the line in South Jordan, has been waiting very patiently. What can we help you with this hour? Um, well, one of my ponderosa pines that I have is oozing out this goop. It's really thick and it's not clear. It's white with some pink on it. it. Looks almost like vomit coming out of it. Do you know what that is? Probably sequoia pitch moth. Okay. And you can USU has a fact sheet on it, and it's usually not so detrimental to the tree that it'll kill it. And if you wanted to get brave. Uh, you can dig through it a little bit and sometimes find larvae from the pitch moth and kill okay. them. But that would be my best guess, and I'll bet you that's what it is. So you kind of dig into where that yeah. stuff is oozing Make out. sure you're wearing some good latex gloves <laughs> so you don't get... I will say oh, that okay. rubbing alcohol... If you do get pine pitch on you, rubbing alcohol will take it out okay. of clothing and off of your hands. So just isopropyl okay. alcohol. Yeah, yeah. There's no kind of medicine, you know, no, treatment for it. No, the research that, I've huh? seen, systemics are marginally effective, and it's usually something that the tree has been at least moderately stressed, and it wasn't able mm-hmm. to fight them off. So make sure that the tree is getting deep watered. Okay. Um, how often um, is the tree irrigated right now? Just with our sprinklers. So I, I guess I should do some more deep watering with it. With yeah, the hose, probably huh? just the hose and sprinkler every two or three weeks. Just go and give okay. it an extra half hour to 45 minutes of water. Okay. Um, so it's not lethal for the tree, though, you said, No, right? not initially. If you get them all over, but if you can... Get that so you're deep watering the tree. Make sure that it doesn't go into this fall drought stressed. And okay. in the spring, I might consider getting some lawn fertilizer. And sometime in mid-March, just do a light application of lawn lawn fertilizer underneath the canopy. Okay. All right. Well, appreciate you. Thank you so much. Great. Thanks for your call today. Next listener wants to know where can they buy the Image All-in-One Season product? Steve Regan or... Cal Ranch, I believe, IFA has it, but it's going to be independent garden centers and farm stores. It's not something you're going to find in the box stores. Okay. Uh, Claire is on the line in Payson. Good morning, Claire. What was your question this morning? 
Okay, I have a question about raspberries. Mm -hmm. Three years ago, we planted some raspberries, and my daughter planted some at the same time. Hers have produced beautifully. We have never had any flowers or fruit. And last fall, I tried to cut most of them down totally to the ground because I was thinking they were, I don't know, useless or bad. And then this spring, I purchased a new raspberry. I put it in a pot. It's flowered and producing beautifully. Um, my questions are, is there any way to save the old ones? Is there anything I can do, or do I just have to get rid of them? And second, is it safe to plant the new ones where the old ones were? I, my garden space is kind of limited, and so they're the two things I'd like to know. So I'm going to answer your questions with questions. Okay. So where did you get the initial crop of raspberries or raspberry starts three years ago? From a store or uh, from a neighbor? Oh, no, I got them from the store. Okay. And were they certified virus-free? Oh, gee, I did not. Maybe, I was not maybe not. enough to look for that. Yeah, okay. I didn't think to so, look for such a thing. Next question, had you grown raspberries in that spot prior to putting these new ones in? That I can't tell you because we only purchased a couple it, years it, ago. Oh, my husband said it seems like the only thing they grew there were carrots because there were millions. Okay. <laughs> well, it could be that if somebody grew blackberries or raspberries in that spot, even two or three years before you planted, there could have been a buildup of diseases causing them to not produce fruit. So do you know what variety they are, the three-year-old uh-huh. ones? Honestly, off the top of my head, no, but I think they were the ever-bearing ones. They were supposed to, you know, bloom incrementally through the year, uh, through the summer. So I'll have you try one thing before you pronounce doom upon them, but don't prune them to the ground and just let them go. And sometime in late October, early November, cut them back to chest height. And then okay. let them go through the next season and see if they produce any fruit. If okay. they do not, rip them out and do not okay. put the new raspberries there. You need a new spot. Uh, okay. That's what I wondered. Okay. Very good. Sure. Appreciate it. All right. Thank you for your call. Uh, let's just talk a little bit about raspberries. When do you cut them back? You should just cut back the old canes because maybe she cut back the fruit bearing. It could be that for some reason they were mislabeled. I don't know. But if you have summer bearing raspberries, which will produce for two or three weeks and Mm -hmm. then they're done, you only take the canes out that produce fruit this year. So they will start to die back and you can either cut them back in late October into mid-November or sometime in mid-March. Yeah. So I was curious if she had cut the wrong canes back and then yes and that's what we're that's what we're going to see because if just leaving them alone and cutting them to chest height there's no berries then they probably are not going to produce but if they produce berries then she has a summer variety and maybe they were pruned incorrectly so that those are the things that i just to diagnose Mm -hmm. before they lose a raspberry patch that I would look at, but if they are ever bears, and so you get a really a moderately heavy summer crop and a moderately heavy fall crop, or they just produce, you know, from July on, then they can be cut to the ground. And you, what will happen is you just get a fall crop and no summer crop. 
Are there raspberry varieties that do better here in our area? Absolutely, than and which which was confusing me a little bit because her daughters are doing fine, mm-hmm. but there are many raspberries grown in the Pacific Northwest that do not do well here in Utah because they're not cold hardy. Tulamine is one of the main ones, and when you're buying raspberries from the Pacific Northwest, it's usually tulamine or a derivative from that one. Mm-hmm. And tulamine isn't hardy here, and you won't get very many berries from it. But there are many berries that do fine here that are more cold hardy. We usually recommend, at least I do, starting with polka or polana. Both of them are Polish developed and they're great. The polka is going to be something that is very sweet and gives you a really good harvest. Polana is the same, but Polana has a slightly more durable berry on it. So when you pick it, it holds a little better than polka. Polka you need to be a little more careful with. There's others out there that are really good, but those are some good starter ones that have about a 20-year track record here in Utah. All right. Michael is on the line in Ogden. Good morning, Michael. What was your question? Good morning. I just spent an hour plucking out spurge from my lawn in a small section like 4 feet by 10 feet, and I was just exhausted. And Is there anything I can put on my lawn to get rid of the spurge? Well, there's in the spring, there are some pre-emergent products, and I would actually use one made by bioadvanced bio yeah bioadvanced and it's the former bear company that changed the consumer name but bioadvanced season long lawn weed killer and it it has pretty season season long lawn weed lawn weed killer lawn weed killer yeah Okay. So, and then, you know, that hopefully will prevent the spurge from germinating. How tall are you mowing your grass? How what? How tall, how high do you mow your grass at? Oh, about, I would say about three inches. Okay. And in the areas where the spurge is going crazy, is the lawn thinner in those areas? Pardon? Is the lawn where the spurge is really thick, is the lawn um, thinner, you know, fewer, is it thinner uh, than in where it's, you don't have spurge problems? Um, hold on. Let me put my wife on, okay? Hold on, please. I'm a little old. Hold on. <laughs> We're all getting older, sadly. <laughs> Hello. Hi. So uh, we're Hi. talking about the spurge, and so where your lawn, yeah. where you have a lot of spurge, is the lawn not as healthy in that area? Um, well, I, I would say the lawn is pretty good. I mean, I I would be more interested in having um, something that could kill the spurge, but not kill the lawn. Well, the reason I ask is it if the spurge is really going crazy right there and growing quickly, the lawn probably yeah. isn't as healthy as it should be because the lawn would choke it out. Okay. So um, I would focus on that pre-emergent, and you might mm-hmm. be able to have somebody spray. There, uh, 
made, boy, it's getting a little late in the season, but you could use mm-hmm. a product called Image All-in-One Lawn Weed Killer, and that will be safe for okay. the lawn, and it should kill the spurge. But the spurge okay, will come called... back next year. Yeah, Image uh-huh. All-in-One All in Lawn Weed Killer. Okay. Okay. But the spurge will come back the next year. Yes, it's annual and it spreads from seeds. Okay. So it's it's important to get that pre-emergent on next year too. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So the image all-in-one is a pre-emergent? No, it's something to spray now. The bio-advanced okay. season-long lawn weed control is what goes down in the spring. Oh, okay. Yeah, I see where he wrote okay. that down. Okay. Okay. Well, thank you very You're much. Welcome. You bet. Thanks for your call this morning. We're going to take a break, come back with the final segment of the KSL Greenhouse. The phone lines are open now, 801-575-8255, or you can text your questions at 57500. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Good morning. Thanks for being with us for the KSL Greenhouse. Maria and Ton with you this morning, taking your calls and questions. 801-575-8255, the number 57500 to text us. Uh, next listener, Ton, says they're looking at buying a small tractor, and they're wondering what kind of mowing attachment that they would get um, because their front yard, they have lawn, the backyard is is a field. Well, there are mowers that would take on both of them, but they would need something probably. When they say tractor, I'm thinking a small tractor and not just a riding lawnmower Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that you can put attachments on. And so they would best need to talk to the dealer telling them that it's dual use. But I think that if it's mounted on the back of a John Deere or a Mahindra or whatever company, that it was it's something that's going to be durable enough to cut the pasture. I think where they might run into not really concerns, but sometimes those mounted uh, mowers don't mow quite as evenly as a walk behind or even a riding mower. So they have to be aware of that. Yeah, and so if they've got slopes or something like that, they're going to need to talk to their dealer to make sure that it can be handled because you can get kind of a not really a wave effect, but you'll see everywhere they mow that one side's about an inch and a half and the other side's at about three or three and a half inches because of the, I guess, sloppiness and the fit onto the tractor. Oh, 
And I'd imagine for each different brand uh, that it would be different what kind of attachments that they well, have. Well, there may be, but the, those attachments usually attach to the tractor by what's called a power takeoff or a PTO. And it's a a, a thing that, that is spins on the back that has grooves in it that fits the mower. Mm-hmm. And so the motor is using this power takeoff to spin the blades and so sometimes you can get universal attachments oh. if you're driving a John Deere or a Mahindra or an International or whatever. A lot of times, as long as you have an adapter, they're universal. Okay. Donna is on the line in Salt Lake City. Good morning, Donna. What was your question? I was wondering if you can prune fences and other shrubs now, or do we have to wait until spring again? Unless it's an emergency, I would wait for spring. Okay, I've got these wind shoves. I don't know what they are, but they've got lots of, of, of needles on them, and they've really got the red, and they've gotten out of hand. And if you wanted to take some hedge trimmers and just trim them for to avoid getting scratched and things, that is something that you could do. Okay. All right. Thank you very much. I All love right. your show. Great. Thank you so much for your call this morning. One of our listeners wanted to let people know uh, the only store that they could find that image all-in-one weed killer was IFA. So, yeah, I know Regan's has carried it. They might be out. I know the independent garden centers, J&J carries it. I think I've seen it at Cook's or Linden Nursery. So I, it's, you have to hit the independent dealers. Okay. Dave is now on the line in Bountiful. Good morning, Dave. What was your question? Hey, good morning now. I know he's not. A, you guys aren't an entomologist, but uh, it seems to be a big infestation of ants everywhere at work, at my house, and uh, my my son lives five stories up in a condo, and they're all over there. When I went to get some spray, it literally was a big hole there where it was all taken. Um, any word on why this year we're so crazy on? Uh, not really. Um, there hasn't been any Wasatch Front wide infestation, so I don't know. So are you lo- are you looking at trying to get rid of the ones in your at your house, or what are you looking to do? Yeah, well, all of the above. We put okay. spray cans out there, and the fact that the you know the hardware stores don't even have the product in stock makes me think that there's some sort of epidemic. It could going be. On. It could be. What you can do is boil some water and good. You know, a good pot. You know, not just a little saucepan, but boil some water and pour it over the top of the nest slowly so that it soaks in and then you you just boil them. Wouldn't that kill the lawn, though? It may, but it would get rid of the ants. But as far as the baits and things, unless they can order something off Amazon, that's going to be the next best bet, I think. Mm, Since you can't find it locally. Yeah. Okay. Hey, thanks, guys. You bet. Thanks, Dave, for your but, call this morning. It's weird how some of those things just come up out of the blue suddenly. Yeah, and there could be certain areas of a lot We had more ants that ants. were worse last year. Like, I haven't seen as many ants this yeah, year. Yeah, and I haven't seen as many, so it might just be neighborhood-specific. I uh, Mosquitoes, and I don't. we've only got a minute left, but I read an article that millions of mosquitoes are coming off of our wetlands into the cities, and I believe it. Right. Right. Uh, someone wanted to let people know they found the image spray at Ace. Amazon has it. Uh, uh, they want to know if, uh, if, well, we don't have enough time for this last question. I'm so sorry. You'll have to give us a call or text us next week. That's pretty much it for the show, Tom. 
it's been a fast but good show. Yeah, lots of callers. A, we yeah, appreciate lots it. Lots of callers and lots of texters. We thank you so much. And if we didn't get to your caller text, we hope that you will uh, come back next weekend and give us a chance again. Uh, if you just tuning in this morning, the plan of the week was the Black Eyed Susan. You can see more on that on the KSL Greenhouse Facebook page, as well as planting fall trees and shrubs and coordinating your lawn, cor- aerating your lawn this time of year and why it's a good idea. Have a great weekend and we'll be back next Saturday. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.